Marcus Sahaba Online Radio. Empowering the Ummah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You are tuned in to Marka Sahaba Online and it's a beautiful, beautiful day indeed here in Johannesburg, South Africa. I'm your host, Yusuf Ali, and you are listening to the lunch break program. Lunch break it is for today, inshallah. And uh, I'm still trying to figure out what we're going to be calling this program during the month of Ramadan. But we're still in the month of Shaban. Today being the 17th of Shaban, which coincides with the 28th of February, 2024. Ah, this Gregorian calendar, guys. This Gregorian calendar, check now. You give us an extra day this year, meaning extra day of school. Did you realize it, boys and girls? Extra day of school we got tomorrow. Tomorrow could have been the 1st of March. Now we know school is closing on the 20th of March, right? But now we got an extra day of school this year because uh, because we have uh, 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 the leap year, that's what it's called now. I'm not too sure the history behind this leap year. But to give you a basic context of the fallacies of uh, the Gregorian calendar. So apparently, one year, this is what they say. They say that one year equals 365 days. No, one year equals 365 and a quarter days. Grade threes. How many quarters make a whole? One over four, two over four, three over four, four over four. Now this is how they work the calendar, these guys. So the calendar is in such a manner that February has 28 days. On a leap year, inverted commas, they put together all those quarter days and they make 29. So unfortunately for you and unfortunately for me, we have an extra day of school this year. How sad is that? But anyways, let's start off with the program. We did our date check. Lucky and Tlantla Chabalala with us. And uh, it's time for us to listen to our opening dikar. Please, 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 
Subhanallah, dear listeners of Marqas Sahaba Online, is something I didn't do during the break. And I know you guys do this in class. When the As- teacher turns their back, and the teacher turns their back, you do something. Something, something, something. We know what you're doing, man. But uh, I forgot to on the aircon. Now, I quickly had a quick look at the aircon. It's like three meters away from me. Now, see how fast I can get that aircon remote. So I can switch it on without you noticing I left the desk. So we'll see. Let's see how fast I am. I know my knees are, my knees are but cranky. When you reach old age, youngsters, don't play too much soccer. Don't play too much soccer. I know you love to play soccer. But if you play too much soccer, then when you reach my old age, hey, then the knees start giving you trouble. The knees trouble. And then you can't walk. You can't sit. How fast was it? I got it. I got it. I got it. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, but uh, watch out when you play sports, dear listeners of Marqa Sahaba Online. But anyways, there's something I want to talk about today, right? And there's this message doing the round on WhatsApp. Prime is for sale. 50 rand for five. Did you know? Lucky. Prime is for sale, 50 rand for five. You know that. You remember Prime? 50 rand for five. Now it's on special. Now I want to ask all of those youngsters, and your parents are guilty of this also now. Remember that craze you guys went for, for Prime last year to the extent that we had to ban it from schools to try to discourage you guys from having Prime. Remember? And everyone was going on about, oh, Prime, Prime, hydration drink, hydration. What's it? What's it, boys? Come. No, Mulana, it's hydration. Hydration? Hydration for what? Now, last year, this prime was going for 100 rand a bottle. This prime was going for 100 rand a bottle last year. It was the in thing. And shockingly enough, when the learners came back from holiday and from Eid, and I asked them, I said, how was your Eid? What did you guys do? For Eid, I got the prime. Huh? I got the prime drink for Eid. And you see, this is how these influencers on the internet make us stupid. Let's call it what it is now. Let's call it what it is. This is how they make us stupid. Because you'll see, was it some Paul, Logan Paul, eh? some Paul guy, that came up with this drink. Hydration drink. It's going to hydrate us. Oh my goodness, we're going to get hydrated. 
But the same hydration comes from the tap. You do you know what is hydration? Hydration is to get some liquids in your body. These mamus are selling a drink and they're calling it a hydration drink. Like you are so dehydrated, you're about to turn into a paltong or you're about to turn into dust that you need this prime. And everyone went mad for it. And why am I bringing this up? Dearlessness of Merkis Saab nine youngsters. Why am I bringing this up? That fad is over now. Because I love, I love to be the one to say, I told you so. A friend of mine, a friend of mine says, I'm a very sore winner. If you get a sore loser, a person who doesn't win, I mean, who doesn't lose uh, graciously. And he says that I'm a sore winner. He says, I don't win graciously. Uh, I am I, very ungracious in my victories. But here, the teachers were telling the kids, guys, this is a scam. This is, no, my parents have it and A and did it change their lives? No, it just made them poorer. And the thing is, it was such a craze, even in Ramadan. Man. And one of the things I raised with you guys was. Was this even halal? Was this even halal to start off with? Because everyone was talking prime, 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 prime. And they said, the youngsters said, the youngsters said that it's not halal. Uh, the, the youngsters said it's halal. Why? Why is it halal? Because one of those guys, not Jake Paul, there's another guy involved with this prime story. And he said it's halal. How can you just take the word, how can you just take the word of, um, how can you just take the word of somebody of the internet to say the food is uh, halal? Can you hear yourself? Imagine, you push this down your throat in Ramadan. You push this down your throat in Ramadan. You pushed haram down your throat in Ramadan. And then your duas are not accepted. And when you are warned about it, no, we must have prime. And everybody fell for it. Now everybody got wise to it. And people were paying ridiculous prices. I remember people were paying ridiculous prices. Over 100 rand for that prime drink. And when you, 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 you pay that 100 rand for that prime drink, you say that it's going it, to, you, you act like it's going to miraculously change your life. And then they turned out that it was fake, right? Then they started selling fake primes. Then they did a study on it. And they said this prime has less energy or it replaces electricity less electrolytes than a regular energy drink. Can you believe it? Now, let me tell you something else, right, guys? Now, when you're saying prime, energy drink, energy drink, rehydration, nonsense, it doesn't give you energy. How does energy drinks work is you go, you'll see lots of guys have their energy drinks when they go for sports, and I don't want to hear Monster and Red Bull and all of that haram stuff, right? 
then you'll see that when the sports guys go in and they have it or something like that, it's to replace the electrolytes that you lost while you were playing. It doesn't give you it doesn't give you extra energy. No, it doesn't give you extra energy. It just replaces the electrolytes that you lost in your body when you when you when you are playing your sport. Now that was debunked. Now they can't sell it because people are gone clever now. People know that hey, this was a scam. They can't sell it. They're selling it at 50 rand each. I mean, 50 rand for five, 10 rand each. Now, what happened to this magical drink? That was so amazing, life-changingly amazing, hydration drink, that they're selling it for 10 bucks now. Like a normal thing. Do you not feel that you were made stupid? I want to ask you nicely. Do you not feel that they made you stupid? Now think about it nicely. Here we had ulama warning us. The teachers are warning the youngsters, but you felt like you knew better. No, we know. I'm telling you. Telling you. Now it... Now it turned out that uh, now it turned out that uh, they were right. Now, how do you feel? Now, you must think about it now. Because when the teacher tells you something, your parents tell you, the ulama tell you something, think about it nicely. Don't just dispel it because some idiot on the internet said, oh, it's so amazing. No, man. That's... Uh, it just was an example of it. The next thing that's going to come, we're going to talk about is feastables. I'm telling you. Mr. Beast comes out to the feastables now on the internet. Everybody dying for it. They made you stupid with Prime last year. Now you're going to start dying for that feastables. Please, guys. Let's be, let's be smart a little bit. Let's be smart a little bit, inshallah. Hey, look what that's happening with the time here. Allah. Anyways, it's uh, time for us to go for our segment. Uh, which is our, we never even did a date check. We did a date check, but we didn't give you some history on the day. So today is the 17th of Sha'aban. Looking back at the history, 17 Sha'aban, 358 after Hijrah. This coincides with 6 July 969. Johar Asso, all the Fatimid commander, entered the city of Fustat and announced the fall of the Ikhshidi dynasty and the rise of the Fatimid dynasty. He then built the city of Cairo, which was the capital of the Fatimids, and he built the Al-Azhar University. That's how far back it goes, this Al-Azhar. You know, you learn about the Al-Azhar University uh, in the news, you hear about it. Uh, on the news, but the, the 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 Ottoman Empire, things like the Ottoman Empire, things like uh, Al Azhar University, you know, they've got rich, rich history indeed. So now you know where it started, inshallah, dear listeners of Marka Saba Online, and that's our little bit of history for today. And let's do our one minute madrasa. 
which uh, we haven't yet done. I'll talk a lot about that uh, prime, wasted my prime time on this silly prime drink. But it's a lesson for us, you know. It's a lesson that you mustn't fall for these things. You know, ulama talk, you must listen. When a teacher's talk, you must listen. Don't fall for all of this stuff. But anyways, lesson number 12. Translation of Salah. Ar-Rahman. Means the beneficent. Ar-Rahman means the beneficent. So, all together, Bismillahir Rahman. I begin in the name of Allah, who is most beneficent. I begin in the name of Allah, who is most beneficent. You know what's going to come in the lesson tomorrow, isn't it? A sunnah we're going to be learning. Yesterday, the sunnahs of Qiyam in Salah were discussed. The males should fasten their hands below the navels. And then thana, that is subhanakallahumma, should be read. And today's lesson, tawuz should be read straight after thana. That's a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim. That's our tawuz which we're going to be reading. A major sin we're learning about today, inshallah, among the major sins concerning which severe punishment has been mentioned, is to become joyful at the loss of another. The harm of sins, one harm of sins in this world, is that after some days, the evil of sins leaves one's heart, then shame and modesty is also lost. Thus sins are committed openly, and one is distanced from the mercy and forgiveness of Allah. So one harm of sins in this world, the evil of sins leaves one's heart, then shame and modesty is also lost. Thus sins are committed openly and one is distanced from the mercy and forgiveness of Allah. It's like a hole, it's like a deep hole you end up going into. The more you sin, the more you deeper you get into that hole. And to dig yourself out will become harder, harder, harder until that ground will implode on you. And the benefits of obedience and worship Hidden glad tidings are given in obedience, that is, example, good dreams. Thus the love and good thoughts of Allah increase by which the tawfiq of doing more good deeds take place. So hidden glad tidings are given on obedience, example, good dreams. Thus the love and good thoughts of Allah increase by which the tawfiq of doing more good deeds take place. SubhanAllah, dear listeners of Marcus Sahab Online. And that's our one minute madrasa for today. So you think that these little sins the it's uh that these little uh sins which you do that make you think that uh that make you think that it's just a small sin, but it adds up, it adds up and it chips at your heart, it chips at your heart and your heart becomes hard and eventually you don't even care anymore. Dear listeners of Marka Sahaba Online. So just remember that. Just remember that. When you sin, you think it's a small sin, but in turn, it's something it's something dangerous. And it's something that which you will end up doing more. Trust us on this one. Like we said earlier, trust us when we talk. I'm sure we know what we're talking about now. But anyways, 
let's continue inshallah into some kitab reading for today and we continue with our virtues of Ramadan and we want to talk about uh, we want to talk about sympathy for the unfortunate in this holy month now the hadith we did last week states that it is a month of sympathy especially for the poor and destitute Sympathy should be of practical nature when ten things are placed before us for iftar. At least two or four of them should be set aside for the poor and needy. In fact, they should be treated preferentially. If not, then at least equally. They should certainly be remembered. In showing sympathy for the poor, as in all other matters, the Sahaba anhu were living examples, and in thus, it is our duty to follow or at least try to follow them in the matter of sacrifice and sympathy on the courageous can emulate the Sahaba. There are numerous incidents. If they were cited, will only leave one in astonishment. Let us see the following example. Abu Jaham relates that during the battle, or Abu Jaham radiallahu anhu, Relates that during the battle of Yarmouk, he went in search of his cousins, taking with him a water bag to give him drink and also wash his wounds if he was found alive or wounded. He found him lying among the wounded. When, asked, when I asked him whether he wanted some water, he indicated yes. At that moment, someone near him moaned. My cousin pointed to that person, indicating that I should first quench the thirst of the neighbor. I went to him and found that he too needed water. But just as I was about to give him water, a third person groaned near him. The second one pointed to this third person, meaning that I should give the third one to drink first. I went to the third person, but before he could drink, I found that he had passed away. Whereupon I returned to the second one only to find that he too had passed away. When I came to my cousin, he too had become a martyr. Now this is the type of sympathetic character our forefathers had. They preferred to die while thirsty rather than to drink before a strange Muslim brother. May Allah be pleased with them and grant us the ability to follow in their footsteps. <laughs> that is the caliber of the Sahaba anhu, dear listeners of Merkaz Sahaba Online. This is the caliber of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu. In that, that self-sacrifice. Imagine you're dying of thirst. And then your brother next to you is also dying of thirst. And there's a chance you might lose your life. This is what the Sahaba, this is what the Sahaba would do. Imagine that. And If you compare to our days, we are gone so self-absorbed that we will be having access. We'll have extra water. We'll have five bottles of water and there'll be a person thirsty and we won't give it to them. That's how we've become so we can show that we have five bottles of water. Why doesn't that guy have water? He must get the job. That's how we are. That's how we act. Isn't it? But uh, anyways, uh, 
Allah Ta'ala grant us hidayat, inshallah. There's a lot of stories we can learn of the Sahaba, radiallahu anhu, you know. Um, but uh, let's go for our question for today. Uh, our question with Mulana uh, Musa Lahe. Now, you know, this, this, this is something that we must mention, right? You guys can send, you guys can send the messages. 084-786-3132 And I don't mind, now remember this uh, section of Ask Mulana, right? Mulana Musa is here to answer your questions. And I'm here as a teacher perhaps, uh, if you have any tuition questions, but we don't want to turn it into a tuition program. <laughs> and this is, uh, th- this is something that, uh, this is something that Alana has a problem with. And he messaged us. He messaged us very angrily. I can, I can tell you that. But it's a question nonetheless. First come, first serve. This is our Q&A for today with Asmulana Musa. So. Yep. Very interesting question it is today. Mulana, I don't know if this is uh, uh, within your field. But the, the, the name of the segment is Ask Mulana Musa. And it's a very interesting question that came out. And it came from Mulana. The first, the first question that came in is the one we ask, right? And Mulana, this one I think is uh, a bit of a tricky one, but I know nothing is beyond your scope, Mulana. The question is, Salams, Mulana. I hate Afrikaans. Why do they make us learn it in school? Why can't we learn Arabic? That's it. Everything in capital letters, Mulana, so... Apparently, this brother is shouting or sister is shouting, no name, but uh, doesn't like Afrikaans, eh? Hey, how are we here to learn Afrikaans? Mulana, I'm not too sure in Zoom if they taught Afrikaans is a subject, but um, we leave the floor open to you. I'm not too sure, Mulana, if you want to respond in Afrikaans. Uh, I have a feeling the learner may not understand your response. So, Mulana, we'll uh, leave the platform to Mulana. Assalamu alaikum, Mulana. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you here. First of all, I'm Makwere Kwere. I'm from Zimbabwe. So very few words in Afrikaans I know. Asablif, Bayadanki, uh, one to other things, that's all, you know. But that's about it. That's where my Afrikaans ends. That is the problem with schools, you see. I don't know why they force you to learn Africans because, uh, well, look, in South Africa, it will actually help you to the learner, especially if you move down to the Cape. So now here, so many people talk to me in Africans, they have to tell me, by, I don't know what you're saying, a little bit tarujuma, you know. So in Zimbabwe, we had a choice uh, between the local African language, which is in Devele, which is like Zulu, or French. And I opted for French, so I did about one year of French uh, whilst I was there. There too also, now that's another kind of language that uh, the spelling and the pronunciation is two different things. So to the learner, Mubarak to you. <laughs> Good luck to you. If you manage to learn a little bit of Afrikaans, you come and live here in the Cape Town. Come make some khidmat of deen. Every second person here speaks Afrikaans. 
and that will help you inshallah in your future yes if you are in a muslim school then they must be teaching you arabic i'm sure they do teach arabic that hold on to that as strongly as possible that too will help you in your deen in your akhirat that's all i can say this one year is uh, just as how you are angry about africa you know uh, yusuf on a lighter note so my mother-in-law is very very fluent in afrikaans my in-laws my wife all of them alhamdulillah every now and then we'll be having a discussion and they they just switch to afrikaans and they know now this fellow here is bewukuf you know he's stupid he don't know no words of afrikaans so another word of afrikaans i learned is scanner where they gossiping about you you know and it's not behind your back it's right in front of you <laughs> but you don't understand the word of it so to the learner good luck allah pak make it easy that's all i can say to you jazakallah <laughs> khair assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh hey, you have to do it man come now brother <laughs> hey shame it's such a frustrating message that was uh sent you know you could see that uh uh <laughs> you can see this guy was upset whenever they sent it but jazakallah khair for the message uh and uh, you know sometimes you just have to study something you may not like it it may not be easy uh, i'm a afrikaans teacher my my myself and i know that it's it's hard to learn you know it's hard to learn afrikaans it's not an easy language and especially at the time when we were young when we were young we used to um uh we, when we were young we used to have to speak to africans we have to speak to Af- africans because every the, the africans was the go to language and i understand where you guys are coming from that uh, you know what it's 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 still sort of the go to language because you, when when south africa was colonized by the by the uh, let's say by the british and then we had the pura coming and the anglo boer war then everybody had to speak afrikaans or learn how to speak during apartheid it was uh, the afrikaner white that was in charge and they forced this language upon us so everybody maybe if you didn't know afrikaans or something that um, if you didn't know afrikaans then You, you or if you didn't know english then a person there's a chance they know afrikaans but nowadays that urgency is lacking but unfortunately my brother it's in the syllabus unfortunately if you fail afrikaans you fail the grade it's a language you know you get afrikaans as a first additional language you get afrikaans as your home language uh, for very few in the country there's many different languages in the country like you know your additional languages and second additional languages but hey, you just have to somehow bite the bullet and and learn it because in university you have to also learn it my young brother so inshallah just keep trying just keep trying rabbi zidni ilma allah taala will grant you that strength inshallah but anyways it's time for us to go for a break after that we're going to take in a small dhikr and we carry on with the program ahla wa sahalan marhaba marcus sahaba online radio empowering the ummah <laughs> <laughs> 
Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Subhanallah, 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 alhamdulillah, 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 Sahaba online, but it's time for us to go for the stories of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu, Mufti Muhammad Aku, inshallah. And uh, he continues to talk uh, about Hazrat Talq bin Ali Yamami radiallahu anhu. So let's listen in to Mufti Muhammad Aku of Darul Ulum, Newcastle. And inshallah, uh, remember Mufti A.K. Hussein giving us that advices, and you know, we always. Um, we always um, 
keep the, the, the most serious stuff and the bigger advices for the bigger learners towards the end because I know some of my kids are already in Madrasa, some of you guys starting at 3 o'clock and then some of you also uh, spending the day at home. So, uh, inshallah, let's listen in to Mufti Muhammad Aku. I'm sure his advices are better than mine. Mufti A.K. Hussain's advices are also better than mine. So, let's listen in to Mufti Muhammad Aku's stories of the Sahaba. Alhamdulillah, the Sahabi embraced Islam. Hazrat Zaid bin Sa'na, radiallahu anhu. Very similar to that is Hazrat Hussain bin Salam. Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, changes his name to Abdullah bin Salam. He was a senior rabbi. He was a senior rabbi. Subhanallah. And his incident is so interesting also. Alhamdulillah. Where he came and he just looked at Rasulullah's Mubarak face. And he heard Rasulullah's hadith. The first words he heard as Allah's beloved وسلم, entered Medina Munawwara. Oh humanity, ayyuhan nas. Afshir salam. Spread salam amongst you. Wa at'imu ta'am. Feed people food. Wasilul arham. And join family ties. Wasallu bilayl. Wannasu niyam. And pray at night whilst others are asleep. Tadhulu al-jannata bi salam. You would enter paradise with ease and comfort, with salam. Subhanallah. And who narrates this? Hazrat ibn Salam. And he heard these words. And he joined Rasulullah's company. He was inspired. He was touched. He embraced Islam. The beloved of Allah وسلم, changed his name to Hazrat Abdullah bin Salam. He was Hussein with a sword. Nabi وسلم, made him now Abdullah. And he mentioned to Nabi وسلم, about his community and so forth. And he asked Nabi وسلم, not to mention to the others that he had become Muslim already until Allah's beloved invites the senior Jewish community. And in that, Nabi وسلم, wanted to invite them to Islam because Sahaba were inviting the Jewish community to Islam. Like Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Mu'adh bin Jabal, Hazrat Rifa'ah, they would go into the Jewish areas, meeting them, inviting them to Islam. Hazrat Mu'adh and Rifa'ah would actually say to the Jews that y'all, warned, y'all would tell us about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Now that he has come, what has happened to you? And they would then retaliate and react and say, no, never, it's not him, or he hasn't come with the science. And they would bring forth their lies. So when Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu invited them and invited them to Islam, they weren't happy, especially about the fact that he was not from the Banu Israel. He was not from Hazrat Ishaq salam's offspring. So it was a racial issue. And sadly today, many Christians are following and supporting Israel despite their atrocities and injustices and despite them being totally wrong. And despite them hating Isa salam. And this is what we should say to the Jews that we live around and ask them through a message, through a, a verbal discussion, ask him that how is it? Do you know how the Christians are treated in Palestine? Ask them these questions. We should know this. Do you know how uh, the, the, the Jews treat, treat the Christian community? Do you know they believe that Hazrat Isa alayhi salam, Jesus Christ is illegitimate? Do you know how much we love Hazrat Isa and his mother? Hazrat Isa salam is mentioned in the Quran by his name, Isa, which is translated in English as Jesus, 25 times. Do you know his mother, Hazrat Maryam, is mentioned 34 times? Do you know Janabi Rasulullah said she's one of the best women of this world? Where he mentioned Hazrat Khadija, Hazrat 
Aisha, Hazrat Fatima, Hazrat uh, Maryam, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi also mentioned Hazrat Asiya. Do you know one of the best women, Khairu Nisa Il Alameen? In one report, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi mentions Hazrat Maryam first. Do you know she's one of the best women in the entire universe? By the words of Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi we have to say this to them. Allahu Akbar Hazrat Talq arrives in Medina Manawara. It was the early Medinan stage. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi and Sahaba were busy in the construction of Masjid al-Nabawi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he also participated. And all the Sahaba were participating because Janabi Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam himself was involved. What an amazing quality. Imagine you as the trustee of the masjid, but you also involved with the builder. You pass a few bricks. You assist where you can. What a quality of humility. Subhanallah. What an inspiration it is where you're just putting those bricks for Allah's sake. So not only are you supporting monetarily, but you're also physically supporting in the upliftment of the masjid. And imagine participating in cleaning the masjid. So subhanallah, Hazrat Talq, who was formerly a Christian from Yamama, he comes, he says, when I came to Medina Manuwara, the construction of Masjid Nabawi was taking place. Ilan Nabi al-Masjid. And he says that when I was busy mixing the cement and the soil and the clay, it amazed him the way I used the shovel and the way I mixed the clay. And then he said, leave the Hanafi to work with the clay and the cement because he does it much better. So Nabi saw this potential in him. So subhanallah, see the potential in each other and uplift each other and inspire each other. Alhamdulillah. He says, I, in another, another report, that's in Musnadul Imam Ahmad, this next report also is the same, very similar. I was busy in the construction of Masjid al-Nabawi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in Medina Manawara. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was saying, put the yamami forward, put the yamami forward, and let him work with the teen, with the clay, because he mixes it well, and he has the strength, mashallah. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam encouraged him, and subhanallah, what reward for him in the construction of Masjid al-Nabawi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that every person who prays there, he gets the reward. And all the Sahaba, radiyallahu anhum, and he would have also experienced Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's du'as, Allahumma, Allahumma ghfir, Allahumma la aisha illa aishu al-akhira, farham al-ansara wal-muhajira, ya Allah, there's no life but the afterlife. Have mercy on the muhajireen and the ansar. Shower them with your mercies. And subhanallah, Hazrat Talq would have experienced all of that. But whilst the construction of Masjid al-Nabawi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was stung and he was hurt badly by a scorpion. This is also in Musnad al-Imam Ahmad. كنت أخلط الطين بالمدينة فلدغتني عقرب I was busy in the construction of Masjid al-Nabawi and the scorpion stung me. Allah's beloved sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came by me, read for me, Touched my head, touched me. Where it was, I was injured and I was instantaneously cured. And I was cured. Subhanallah. What's so amazing is now he came from a Christian background. He knows about Hazrat Isa alayhi salam curing 
those that are ill and so forth and so forth. Now he comes to the final Nabi of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he's in his, in his initial stages he's badly injured and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam makes dua for him and instantaneously he's cured. Allah is showing him who is Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Allah is making it easy for him to see. Subhanallah. Look at Hazrat Salman Farisi who came to see those signs. So Subhanallah he brings Dates in the form of zakat, what happens? He brings dates in the form of a gift, what happens? And then he's standing behind Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He wants to see on the shoulder blade, behind the heart of Janabi Rasulullah Sallallahu on the back, this, the sign at the seal of prophethood. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam removes his kurta for him to see. And he runs and he falls down in front of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because that was the habit of the ajam. Allah's beloved Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam picks him up. And Hazrat Salman, who was formerly Madah bin Budikshan, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi uplifts him and subhanallah and loves him and hears his story. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam names him Salman. And subhanallah, everyone hears the story of Salman, radiallahu anhu. But still he's a slave. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, from the Masjid al-Nabawi, encouraged Sahaba to support him. Because he's now to ask his master, who was Jewish, to ask him, to allow him to become a mukatab, a slave who can pay his way to his freedom. Because obviously, as Salman was also taken as a slave unjustly. But Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa wants to help him work his way to freedom. His master refutes it. And makes it hard for him. And wants him to plant a plantation of 300 trees. Take palm trees. And a large amount of gold. So Salman was despondent. And disheartened. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam encourages every Muslim. Everyone to participate. And bring uh, small, small uh, seedlings. And trees. Little trees. For Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to plant. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the community worked their way. For his liberation. So same year, subhanallah, through this now, he goes to tell his community about Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that this is Allah's Nabi, Hazrat Isa alayhi salam cured the sick with the help of Allah. Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would cure the sick with the help of Allah ta'ala. And actually, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came with miracles that every Nabi of Allah came with. Everything Anbiya alayhi salam did, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did. And subhanallah, certain things Allah allowed certain anbiya to do. Allah made those miracles and those karamat. Those karamat happened through the Sahaba Kiram, radiallahu anhum. That's why I studied the lives of Sahaba of Hazrat Manana Yusuf, rahmatullahi. Especially in the last volume, you'll see these amazing, miraculous happenings. Interestingly, the miracle performed by a Nabi of Allah in his childhood. In deen is called irhas, irhasatun nubuwa. Like Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's amazing happenings in his childhood, like the protection of Kaaba against Abraha, just before Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was born. And so many events that happened in the childhood of the Nabi, that is irhas. And after the prophethood of that Nabi alayhi salam, it is mu'jiza. And if it's performed by a wali of Allah, and first, first the sahaba and then the awliya, it is called karamat. Like in the case of Sahaba, like Ibrahim salam was casted in the fire. There was a tabi'i of this ummah who was thrown in the fire and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved him. Abu Muslim Khawlani, rahmatullah alayhi. Subhanallah, dear listeners of Marqa Sahaba online. And that's it. Positive attitude. You know, we talk about positive attitude. This is a positive attitude that our Sahaba, radiallahu anhu, used to have. 
But uh, before we wrap up, inshallah, let's listen to Mufti A.K. Hussein. It is the 17th of Shaban. And we're going to end off with our hadith today and thought for the day with Mufti A.K. Hussein. So let's head over to Mufti Saab for our segment, which is a hadith a day. Waalaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. On behalf of Marqas Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, we present to you lesson number 3022 of our daily nasiha and advice. Today, with the grace and mercy of Almighty Allah, Jalla Wala, we focus on the 17th of Shaban. Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu states, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Master alayhi salatu wa sallam said, Laysa al-ghina an kathratil arz. That ghina and richness and wealth is not we have more and more goods, assets and so forth. All that is temporary. Walakinna al-ghina, ghina al-nafs. But what is ghina? The true ghina is to have the magnanimous heart. That is, that we don't have, you must remember that lalaj and that greed, whatever is in the hands of people, we also want to have it. Our focus should be on Allah Ta'ala, on Nabi Alayhi on the year after, on Islam and Jannat. Jannat will give us such as bounties for male, female, everybody, which no ma'ala aynun ra'at, wala udunun samiyat, wala khatara ala qalbi bashar, that what no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, and no mind can perceive and comprehend. So therefore we should remember that. So ye Nabi alayhi sallallahu sallam is teaching us in the second hadith. Qala Rasulullah sallallahu sallam qad aflaha. Indeed the person is successful man hudiya ilal Islam. He's been guided to Islam, born a Muslim and practices Islam. Or he or she embrace Islam and they're practicing on it. Waruzikal kafaf. And they're given sufficient risk. They have enough food. They have enough drink. They have enough clothing. They have enough to, you know, carry out without stretching in their hand to people and that person is content with it this is a lesson we have forget, forgotten today this contentment that 90% 80% of us behave just like the non-Muslims you just want more and more and more and then then that person does not bother whether it's from halal or haram sources as long as the zeros in my bank balance are increasing then I'm happy but remember that, was it sufficient? No, I want one more. I want one more million, ten more million, five more million. I got five shops, now I want another ten. I got twenty shops, I want another forty. And this goes on. So till death comes and overtakes that person, we all should be thinking, remember this, that where are we going to? What are we preparing for? Tomorrow is day of justice. We will have to account for all our deeds. And remember that now we are entering the second half of Shaban. And when we enter the second half of Shaban, Nabi alayhi salatu salam said, Idan tasafa shabanu falatasumu. That you must not fast in the second half of Shaban, the hadith in Mishkat Sharif. So what is the meaning of this hadith? People who have qada, they must fast. It's compulsory, mandatory upon them. People who normally fast Monday, Thursday, so they must continue fasting very good. So a person got no qada and normally he doesn't fast on Mondays, Thursdays. So he should not start fasting 
fasting, nafil fast, in the second half of Shaban. Why? So that he protects and preserves his energy for Ramadan, so we can take maximum benefit in that minimum time. So that is, you call this al-inahi, this prohibition, nil-irshad. It's not for haram. It is to show you the love Nabi has for the ummah. May Almighty Allah grant us the faqu, true understanding of deen. Amin. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Mufti A.K. Hussein, giving us a dose of a hadith for the day, a little input for the day, inshallah. On this, the 17th day of Shaban. But that wraps up our program. We're going to be heading over after this to the voice of Suleiman Isuf for the news. Then a repeat of this morning's Q&A. Hafez Yusuf Kala will be listening to just before our Urdu lecture with Mufti Ahmad Kanpuri. 5 to 7, Mulana Khalid Yaqub, 7 to 7.30, repeat of Surah Ali Imran. First 164, 7.30 to 8, Mulana Dawud Sirat, 8 to 9, Business Show with Alamin Templeton, 9 to 10, Medical Files with Mufti Ibrahim Smith. But that's all for now. From myself, Yusuf Ali and the team, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh.